Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Good morning, Perfect Timers. Happy back to school week for a lot of us. Um, Lindsay, are your kids in school right now? They are in school, all three of them. How does it feel? It feels this week, is, I don't know, transitions are weird. It's fine. Um, two things. One, I always feel like the day gets away when you have a whole day, to, like a day to do things. Why does it go so much faster? It's just crazy. So <laughs> that, um, but it feels time, good. I think we needed to get time into is so whack. What? Sorry. Time is just so whack. Like, yeah, it's, wait, it's wild. Yeah. But I told Christy before we logged on that my um, time management skills or my um, timing, I don't know, it's just been poor today, but it's all good. Everybody's getting to a new rhythm. It'll take a little bit. Um, but we summered hard and that's sad that that's over, but you know, back to- It's re- so weird. Like I, I drove by the, one of the elementaries here in the middle school today are right next to each other. And like the buses were in front and the co- parking lot was full. And it's, it just like, I don't know. I'm like, what is happening? Is this seriously happening right now? Like it really is, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It's like- No one's scary. ready. And maybe people say that every year, but specifically this year, I feel like no one's ready. Um, So anyway, you know, got to go with the flow. Yep, for sure. (laughs) Um, What did you do today? Like that, what were you doing before this? Oh, sorry. What was I doing today? I, getting off, getting the kids off to school is like a two hour thing because they're staggered. And then I- Are they all at different schools? Not all of them, but Zeke goes early and then the the other two are in elementary. Um, And then I did hot yoga this morning. That felt nice. How often are you doing that these days? I feel like you're going pretty regularly. I'm once a week. Oh, really? Okay. And then walk the dog, did some work, ran some errands and now we're here. Nice. So how about you? Um, what did I do? Yeah. What did I do today? Homeschool circuit today. Are you guys, we haven't started yet. I think we're going to start, um, on next Friday. So the 25th is our first classical conversations co-op day. And, um, so that will kick off. We'll have that Friday and then we'll like have a full week the following week of our home curriculum. Um, but today, was it today or yesterday? Today was the first day of school in this district. So Ruby's friend that she plays with slash neighbor that she plays with every day is, um, back in school today, which like sounds so silly, but I mean, every single day Ruby just woke up and played outside with, with her. And so because she's back in school today, I feel like I have, I haven't seen my child all summer and now she's around. (laughs) Um, so we're going to take the next week to just kind of like get back 
like we have some organizing to do in the home. Like we need to, we're, yeah, it's been a weird week. I'm like, I don't know if it was because we also were summering so hard for the last three weeks that I'm one exhausted and two, like just, I feel like my head's spinning a little bit. Um, So just trying to like, whenever I feel like that, just major simplify. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just trying to do that this week. And anyway, this morning we went and did something fun. Um, we went to a little story time in Lancaster at a little like place where they, the kids can like paint a ceramic thing. So it was a story about a unicorn and then they painted a unicorn. And we did that with another family in, from Logan that's going to homeschool. So we kind of hung out with them for the first time. And then hopefully we can have some more like social, they, they have a daughter that's the same age as Ruby. So we'll be able to like Ooh, do things together. That's fun. Yeah. So it was like a homeschool field trip before homeschool starts. So. And you're, you're meeting all sorts of new friends too. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that mom and, um, she's from here. So I was telling her today, every single time I become friends with someone on social media, that's from here, she is our mutual friend. I'm like, girl, you literally know everyone. And she's like, yeah, I'm from here. Um, so she'll be a good friend to have because she'll have lots of connections for all the things. So yeah, that's great. You need, you just need one person like that. Keep yeah. LinkedIn. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to Target, which I haven't done in a long time. Um, we needed a few things and Target has cute fall stuff right now. I kind of got sucked in pretty hard. Um, I'm just, I've been like in a nesting, like I want to make my house really cozy. I've, are you having those feelings? Like, I don't know if it's just this time of year or I'm like um, sick of it looking like a farm inside. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um have I tried to not do anything in my house and be outside. So now I have to tend to that. I I need to face reality. So well, that's what I think is happening. To I me. know like, it's like eesh. I'm facing the reality that I've neglected my home for the last six months, eesh. five months, and I need to like make it cute. So it working cute. on that. Well, I did pop in, um, this is so random, but Zeke and I went to this like ramen restaurant and he got this Japanese, it's like a Japanese, like sparkly pop thing. Anyway, they had that there and he thought it was so fun. And I said, I bet you they sell those at world market. So afterwards we went to world market, sure enough, yeah. they had them, but they had all the fall stuff out there. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. But then I, at the same time, I'm like, but I'm also not ready to think about that. So we bought the decorate and then left. <laughs> Good for you. Do you yeah. decorate seasonally? Are you a no. seasonal decorator? No. I mean, I'll pop a few things up. Like if we have a Halloween party or something, Christmas, I decorate for, no, I don't, I mean, a few, I'll put a few things, but I'm not like. I don't go nuts. Yes. You? Um, no, maybe just like swap out like a candle or a, yeah, you know, like something like, like little, a little accessory. But I had this friend growing up and her mother legitimately swapped out their entire house, like every couple of months with whatever season or like, like if it was Valentine's Day, the whole house would be, and it was always like, 
tastefully done. And I, I remember growing up being like, oh, I want to do that. Cause my mom like never decorated seasonally except for Christmas. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, where do you what store energy that? For that? I don't, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, but I do love when people do it. It's just, it's not me. It's so cute. My kids tell me all the time that we are so boring with decor, especially over Christmas because I decorate inside, but we don't do a lot of lights outside mainly because Justin and I don't want to put them up. Um, That's funny that your boys know. Oh that. yeah, they care. They think we're That's so funny. Boring. So maybe they can do it this year. I don't know. Uh, yeah, get, get those boys out hanging lights. I know. I'm like, mm, sorry. You can That's enjoy funny. the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> we can drive to the All zoo. Colored light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but good for your friends, mom. I love people like that too. I think I just don't find much joy in that. Also, you have to like get all that you have to accumulate it I mean I guess you don't have to but like going out and getting hundreds of dollars worth of like really nice decor I just never feel like splurging on that and so and then you have to buy like hundreds of dollars of organizational bins yeah and like it's just a whole thing but I but some people love it and and good for them because I love coming up can you and if you decorate seasonally can you invite me over for coffee (laughs) Well, you know, Rachel, that you've met, she puts up a whole Dickens village. It's like those little like villages and it takes up a entire bookshelf and it's gorgeous. But sidebar, her aunt got her one every single year when she was little. Yes. So she has this massive collection and it is so precious and cool, but it also is very sentimental. So her mom used to decorate like that. So anyways, I think that um those kind of things are very special but I don't do it we got that fake tree that pops up <laughs> <laughs> we do get a real tree that that it, because but that's a tradition for us it's kind of sentimental you know we've made a tradition out of it and I do I do look forward to that but. yeah well, anyway yeah, so we have, we had a, like, the other thing that's going on this week, I don't know, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you already probably know this, but we got a livestock guardian dog who lives outside, and he's a puppy, and the purpose of him is to protect our chickens and ducks and goats from predators, coyotes, raccoons, whatever, but he's still a puppy, he was, he was, he's been outside his whole life. Um, His parents were, were working farm dogs. Like it's just in his blood. And so like he, you know, he kills things like he killed, he kills bunnies and Ruby gets super, super upset about the bunnies and he kills, um, what else has he brought? You know, just different. Oh, he found like a, a dead baby deer and like brought it to us and like, you know, just all these things. Um, He's always chewing random bones that he finds and he's just kind of like, He's a farm dog, but he's still learning. And I, we had a chicken death. I wasn't here. This was a couple weeks ago. I suspected it was him, but I had no idea. Then I did see him attack one of our ducks. Thankfully that duck is okay. And then on Monday I went to work and my husband texted me right after, like I got there and said, um, Maverick, that's our dog, Maverick 
I heard a lot of noise. I looked outside and Maverick had one of the roosters in his mouth and he was shaking it. And I went outside and it was dead. And so I took the rooster and I flung it across the creek. We have a creek that runs by. I flung it across the creek. I'll deal with it when I get home. Like he wanted it out of Ruby's sight. He didn't want Ruby to see it. She gets very upset. And so he just threw it across the creek. And I was like, well, which one is it? You know, like I'm all worried about what it is and I'm at work. And the whole day I was at work, like stressed out about which rooster it is. Cause you know, I have my favorites. And anyway, I got home. I couldn't wait. I got home and every single rooster and every single chicken was accounted for. They were all there. They were all in the coop. So I'm like, what the heck, which chicken did Maverick like kill? And then I'm like looking closer at the roosters and one of the roosters is covered in wounds, but he's a lot, he's alive. And he, he, it rained, it stormed that whole day. So Maverick like beat him up. And then my husband threw him like real far across the Creek and he's some, and then it rained all day and he somehow survived all of that and got back to the coop. And I know I feel so bad for him. Um, so I have been nursing him back to health all week and it's been really stressful. And my husband what do you have like, to do? What do, what, do, what do you have to do to nurse him? Well, he's covered in wounds. So I had to like make sure he doesn't get infected. And I brought him inside, but he was already outside all day. This is really gross. You guys, I'm going to just like, but this is, this is farm life. My husband is of the mindset that like, this is farm life. And we need to just like put that rooster out of his misery and move on. And I am like, oh my gosh, no way. Our dog attacked that rooster. It's our job to help him. He's not dead. He freaking survived all that. We need to. So anyway, he had the rooster had maggots in his wounds because flies got in there and laid eggs. And if that happens, it's pretty much game over. But I think I caught it early enough. I've been bathing him three times a day and doing all this wound care and like manually picking these worms out of it. I mean, it's been a whole thing. Um, What? I said that is next level. It is next level. And I, yeah. So he's currently living in our bathroom in this like net. So no flies can get to him. And I'm like, just, I don't know. <laughs> um, That is a lot. You know, that like thing we always talk about on here where like, it's like a soundboard where some of your like lovers, levers are all the way up and some of your levers are all the way down. And it's yeah. just how life goes. Well, every lever in my life is all the way down, except for my roost. My rooster lever is all the way up. Like that's like so stupid that I'm like. Well, I don't think it's stupid. I think it's like really sweet, and it's a whole learning thing. I mean, you guys just yeah. I mean, that's what I said to Seth. Like, it's not really about the rooster. This is a really good opportunity for me to learn how to like care for a wounded cow one day like I've learned so much already you know um so it's what are your resources do you just google stuff and figure it out yeah and then like there's this guy who works at the tractor supply here who is so helpful oh that's good Um, 
His name is Logan. Logan from the Logan Tractor Supply. If you're listening, I love you. He's listening <laughs> for sure. Logan tunes in every Monday. His name is Logan at the Logan Tractor Supply. Okay, um, you know what impresses me so much? I think about this every time I watch Yellowstone. Is like generationally, people had to learn this. Like how hard it is to learn all these things to actually build a thriving farm and live off your land uh, like, and insane to me the without amount the google without the google that's what i mean yeah when i said oh yes that's that was gonna be my point when i said oh did you google it i mean how they just yeah. had to know and then you had to pass down this knowledge to like your sons and daughters so that they would know and they worked on the land i mean i just find it well so and that is like the tr that is a really I mean, I could talk for hours about that, but like, we are only like a generation distanced from that, but we're so far away, you know, like oh, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. of that knowledge, all of those farmers, like, I forget what the statistics are, but like, it's like 98% of farmers are over the age of 60. And so then, I mean, that's probably a hot, I'm literally misquoting, I know I am, but it's something really hot, like. All of the farmers are really old. What are we going to do as a society when these farmers are, you know, moved on to their heavenly homes and we ain't got food except it's coming from a lab. Okay. Now I'm going down a whole different tangent than what we're going to talk about today, but for real. And so that is why I feel like learning this stuff is just such an important, like, and I hope to teach Ruby and I hope Ruby wants to live here. Although she'll probably be in New York city when she turns 18, like, you know, but I just, it's just such an important skill set that we've, that we don't know, you know? Oh yeah. I, I remember when I first got like really into just even organic eating and this was probably gosh, right after we got married to so 15 years ago. And I remember talking with my dad and like, maybe we'll just have a farm one day. My dad grew up on a farm and he was like, you have no idea how much work goes into it. And I was like, I don't. Um, but even but exactly what you said though, my grandmother passed away a few years ago and she, like my dad grew up doing all that stuff, but, um, it's like nobody carried that on. And I know there yeah. are a lot of families that did, but it is like, it's just unbelievable to me um, the amount of knowledge that she had or, you know, could have passed on had we continued, you know, in that lifestyle. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Mad props for you to be, you know, willing to learn and grow in that area. And I'm sorry to hear about that little injury. That would be stressful. <laughs> Yeah, it's he's all good. Today I feel better. I got most of the maggots off of him, so I think he Ugh. has a chance of surviving. Isn't that so gross? So I mean, gross. there is nothing gross. And like, yeah, they're gross. They're very gross little worms. They like, as I was trying to get them out, they were going into his skin. Like they go in. They don't just sit on top. They're like inside right. of him. Yeah. It's disgusting. My husband's going to lose his mind when he gets home and sees that he's in our bathroom. Like he's seriously going to, I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> Maybe you need to prep them and text them before. That's I was thinking about it, but what I'm probably going to do is just take him out. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much where he draws the line and I know that. So I need to respect that. But like, 
I need to respect yeah. it by not telling him that he was in the bathroom. Well, he he wasn't home last night and he, all day yesterday. So as soon as he left for work yesterday, I brought the rooster over. But now I need to get him back out. <laughs> I think that's a good idea for the sake of your marriage. And we're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah, we are going to talk about that. So, okay, this is the perfect segue. What if I call him up and I say, listen, I'm at 0% because I gave 100% to the rooster. And oh, by the way, he's in our bathroom. What are you coming home? You know, anyway, let's, let's get into our, well, he might, he might need to have like a backstory of what the percentage thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And let's give everybody else a backstory of the percentage thing. Okay. Too. I'll try my hardest. So okay. I sent Christy this video that popped up on Instagram. I don't even know how I found it. I'm pretty sure it was Brené Brown, but she was talking about the context of marriage. And she said, basically like it's not realistic for two people in a marriage to be giving 50 50 all the time she said what her and her husband do is they do check-ins so this is what christy was just talking about so she comes home sometimes and she says hey i'm at a 10 percent. what are you and her husband will respond and if they're not if if he's great and he said i'm at 90 i'm feeling awesome then what her point was, he can kind of carry the weight, but they've checked in. He knows where she is. She knows where he is. And he's like, I got this. I can do the dishes. I could, you know, do the tasks at hand for what needs to happen. But if she comes home and says, I'm at 10% and her husband says, I'm at 25, there's a deficit there. And they, oh, snap. <laughs> and they need to sit down and figure out their plan. And it's all about communication, but it's knowing where each person is rather than, you know, I mean, she didn't go into all of this, but what where my mind was rather than like assuming or rather than knowing that your spouse is stressed out, but you're not talking about it and you're just getting more and more annoyed because they're not giving what they could do. So when Christy said she's at a zero, she's depleted, she's been giving her, you know, restore all of her care if her and Seth have this plan in place saying, listen, Seth, I'm at a zero. I'm stressed. I feel depleted. Then he knows where she is before he even comes home. Um, and then he can meet her there. Is that a good recap? Yes. I love that. I think, and like the whole thing, like the whole purpose of this is like, if you're both, if you're both going about at less than 50, like you're checking in so that you can find a way to both at least be respectful and kind to each other in that moment. Because when we're operating at less than our best, it's very tempting to say a not nice thing or deal with that or, you know, let that festering wound spout out. Like it's, it's tempting. And so this, by the way, can apply to Lindsay and I were also talking about this. This applies to way more than just marriage, by the way. This applies to, I'm going to just say, any relationship with another human, like your your best friend or um, a coworker or anyone. I mean, you can literally apply this to anyone that you're communicating with. Um, and I think it's just, I don't know. It's a, just, just the, the communication, the letting that person know where you are in that moment. Like, dang, how powerful is that tool if it's utilized appropriately, you know? Um, and I think like, you know, for me, I was thinking about this as it applies to my marriage. Like, 
I'm usually operating much higher at a much higher place than Seth is on the days that he works. When the day, when he comes home from work, he's, he's, he's not operating very high. And I know that. And I know that I've been, had the luxury of being home all day, even though some, some days, you know, it's still hard to be home and take care of all the things and homeschool and all things. But there are some days when, even though I know that he's like, uh, for instance, the other day he had to fire someone and I knew that that was happening, but I still, when he came home from work, I was still expecting him subconsciously to be ready to chat with me, ready to have a fun night, ready to like have taco Tuesday and like fiesta party, you know, like, and he was just not there, but I, and I knew he had a hard day, but I still didn't really think about it as it applied to our marriage. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I made that a separate thing, even though how it's not a separate thing, like, you know, it carries over, um, as much as we don't want it to, it's hard to compartmentalize your work day from your night after work. And, and so anyway, I love this. I want to start uh, utilizing it. I do too. And I think like, I mean, whatever, you don't have to use the percentages. You could just say like, listen, my cup's full. I, okay, let's give an example. Say there's a girl's night and you're talking to one of your friends and she's like, are you so excited? Let's go, you know, hang out or whatever. And being honest saying, I'm so excited to see you. I'm actually really stressed right now. And I just want to be honest. I'm not like operating at full capacity. It's not personal, but I'm really excited to see you. Like even those small communication tweaks, I think would like free us up from feeling like we have to be on a hundred percent or we have to hold back how we're actually feeling with the people who we're closest with. I just think it's everybody more context of what we're, you know, how we're feeling. Yeah. Because how many times have you had, like, let's just roll with that example, like a girl's night planned and then it rolls around and you're like, so tempted to cancel because in that moment you feel like if you can't, at least I feel this way, if I can't give a hundred, then like, let's reschedule. Yeah. But if you could have this conversation and be like, Hey, just being straight up with you, like the day was rough and I am not going to be like, I need, I'm not the best version of myself, but I would still love to like have a glass of wine with you. Just know that I'm like low energy or I'm at a 10% or whatever, you know, whatever wording verbiage you want to use. But like, then, then you take the weight off of the situation and you can still go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, then your friend is like, I mean, I just know that if I said that to one of my friends or you, you would, that would be like, whoa, like you would be, have nothing but respect for me in that situation. I know, you know, like, oh, for sure. Like, let's still get together. Or do you want to reschedule? It just gives more grace. Yeah. And it's just more human. It's real. It's reality of just like, oh, I'm glad you told me. Yes. Let's all hang out. I, you know, that's life or whatever. Um, And I don't know why we don't do that that often. The other thing is, if you're a somewhat intuitive person, you can tell anyways that somebody's not feeling their 100%. You might as well just say it because the other person already knows. Right. You know? And and in those situations, I 
I hang on one second. The school is calling me. Hang on. Oh, okay. Okay, we're back. I am really sorry because I forget what we were talking about. But um, when the school calls my phone, I have like anxiety attacks. So I have to answer right away. Yeah, it like wipes. I mean, I don't like I got anxious for you. Like it wipes as a mom, you just like your whole yeah shuts down my body shuts down and I'm like (laughs) um (laughs) mostly because I have PTSD from when they called when Zeke like sliced his leg open at school and I have never recovered but anyways that was the really big plus of the homeschool world I knew exactly what was going on with my kids at all times yeah um all is well nobody's sick or anything or injured just heart injured the little buddy is um missing mama so We'll be okay. I'm going to check in with him. I'm going to see what percent he, he is. And I'm going to try to meet him where he is tonight. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's probably, I mean, there's probably so many kids who are feeling that way at school. No, which makes me so sad because it's a long day. Again, these are the things between like all the different kinds of school, right? Like I know a lot of kids traditionally go to school for a very long, it's a long day, especially, excuse me, like our summer, I'm able to be with them a lot. And so they're used to being with one of a parent, um, for a a long, uh, you know, a long time during the day. And so anyway, adjustment for everyone. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, hopefully he comes home and gives you all the lovings and then it wouldn't it be nice if like, again, in a perfect world, but like if the first week they could go for like a couple hours and then the next day they could go for it, like kind of ease back into it because I don't know, it is a long Yeah, day. it's that, it's pushing back bedtimes, getting them to like sleep earlier. And then tonight, like, I mean, not that anyone cares about my schedule, but it's like Jude has practice. If I'm taking him, Zeke has his first scrimmage. Like it's like dah, 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 after school too, which I know we signed our- ourselves up for, but um it just feels like everything starts again. And so there's no slow easing into, um, boom, you're back. Life. But, um, it'll all be fine once we all get adjusted, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing of being a, a mom. And I know a lot of people that listen are moms. It's like, it's funny to me that this happened right when we were podcasting too, because it kind of is like the funny I just feel like that's the exact thing of being a mom that's trying to work or do something. It's just yeah. like, you always have to be on deck. Um, yeah. You were sleeping with one eye open for the rest of your yeah. life. You know, and you want to do that, but it's like your mind just never fully goes back to what you're doing. Like right. you always, yes. Like it's the one eye open thing. Yeah. Um, which it's funny to me, like this is a diversion, but like, I think back to like, what did our parents do my, or like, you know, working or otherwise, like during the day when you didn't have cell phones or whatever, and your kids were at school, were you just like, cool. So like figure it out. If I'm in a meeting, like no one had cell phones to take to meetings or just running around. I don't know. It's very- well, I remember when I was like in second or third grade, I don't know what grade it was. I got really hurt on the playground and I remember that my, my parents weren't answering. And so my grandma, like, you know, they probably just chugged down my emergency contact list and my grandma yeah. answered and she came and picked me up. 
and I like my parents like didn't know for like hours that I was like I mean I was fine but I got really injured and um I had to go back to my grandma's house and it was my grandma that I wasn't like super close with either so it was just like whoever answered the phone first Truly, they're just running down that list of emergency contacts. Chasing boys on the playground again and fell, so you better come and get her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, yeah, that's exactly how it was. Like, you know, I forget who I was talking to, but someone was telling me that, like, yes, when they were younger, like, they had to get picked up by someone else and their parents didn't even know till like that late at night because they didn't have cell phone. Like it was just a thing, but it always worked out. It was always fine. But maybe that's why whatever they say, like this generation are like helicopter parents because we know too much and we see too much. Whereas like our parents, I mean, truly, like when you look at the time spent, like I've seen it, it's just like there's parents right now especially dads spend way more time with their kids than like historically dads did and yeah so you're like there for a lot of their like oh they're climbing a tree I gotta you know whereas before it's like the kids are just climbing like they're building log cabins up in trees and it's like "Eh, really fine I mean like the kids you know our our generation our parents generation definitely probably I mean we'll see how it plays how it shakes out but like more resilient kids probably than they are now like maybe I don't know they they were were allowed to do things though yeah they were given more freedoms for sure for sure um and I think in general people who are given more freedoms they're they're better but we'll see we'll see how it goes um well I'm not gonna lie I'm not mad about the fact that they called because if that calms my kid down to say like hey it's okay. You only have an hour left. You can do yeah. it. Oh, for sure. That to me is fine. I also feel like, you know, it can go both ways. Um, well, no, I think it's good. And also, like you said on the phone, I, I, we stopped recording, but I stayed on and heard the conversation. Um, it gives you a tool so that you can check in with him and kind of, you could apply what we're talking about, what we were talking about on the podcast of like, where are you today, buddy? Like, how do you, how'd you feel after school? Not that you want to be like, you know, beating a dead horse. Cause then he probably won't want to tell you how he's feeling, but I mean, you have to tread lightly with kids. I feel like I remember when I used to pick Ruby up from school and I would be like, how's your day? And she would be like, mom, stop, you know, like, so you have to tread lightly, but at least now you have the tools. I'm oh, sorry to see how your kids are feeling. Yeah. And kids are tricky too. I think that sometimes they like this crying that him being upset could be like really old news. By the time he comes home, he could be completely over it. So you don't want to like unravel things. Right. I don't know. It just, we'll see. It is, but, but it also could be like, I wonder if there's something else. I mean, I hope not, but like, is someone saying not nice things to him? Like, was there something else no. that triggered that, you know? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know either. I, um, I think that's the whole thing again of like, well, I guess somebody else was vulnerable for him, but it's the whole idea of letting people in and letting them know what, what happened during your day, because that changes the trajectory of the rest of your evening. You know, if I just assume that my kids are all having a great day, unless I hear otherwise, that's a false assumption. Right. 
Yeah. And so I think, you know, to tie this into what we're talking about today, like, yes, be emotionally vulnerable with people. We're not, we're human. We're perfect, especially with, you know, your friends and your family. And, you know, I actually was just having this conversation with a friend the other day, like she was having a bad day. And like, she was like, what do I say to people when they're like, Hey, how are you? Casual, you know, like, Hey, how are you? Like, yeah. If you're having a bad day, do you say, Oh, I'm good. How are you? Cause you don't want to get into it. Or do you say, actually, I've been better. Like, I don't know. Today's yeah. not the best, you know, but, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thought. Like, I think in general, everyone's like, Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, we, we all just, I think it's more it. of a catchphrase. No one's yeah. really asking. I think if somebody says, if you're talking and somebody's like, so how have you been doing? That's different. If somebody says, how are you? And I don't feel like getting into it. It's like, Hey, how are you? Like, I almost just like brush it off. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't want to You're not really asking. Right. But if someone said to me, or if I said to someone, Hey, how are you? And they said, actually, like today kind of sucks. I, I would probably be like, Oh gosh, thank you for telling me that. You know, like I would, I would appreciate them. Oh, I would too. I just won't give that to just anyone though. But maybe we should give it to everybody. Maybe we should, maybe we should unleash at the target checkout line. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. You asked, you asked how I was. (laughs) My rooster has maggots and I am so dead tired. (laughs) I have a hemorrhoid that hurts really bad. Let's all just live out loud constantly. That would be no. So that is no. I I do think though, like in the context of what we were talking about with like close relationships, which mean people that you've made a commitment to, i.e., like your spouse or your family members or like close friends. With if you've been friends with somebody for years, like clearly that's a friendship that you've both invested in. And I think you owe it to the person and they deserve to know where you're standing. And so the check-ins are honest in their, they offer humility and I just like it a lot. Yeah. I think like I've talked about this before on here, which was very vulnerable of me to say, and I'm going to bring it up again. And every time I do, it feels vulnerable, but I my my best friend from college and after college like we after she got married and had children um you know I always assumed that we would be like aunts aunties to our children and and it wasn't that way at all I she was not available and like she just could not give me what I was looking for in our friendship anymore and we had to have a conversation and I was proud of us. Like, I mean, she was my best friend. So like, it wasn't like, I didn't want to be mad at her or whatever. And so we did a really challenging thing and we had this conversation and I'll never forget it. Never had a conversation like it in my life, but it was basically, she was saying, I can't give you what she was basically saying is I am operating at a 10% in this friendship right now. And I know that you are wanting more and I just, I'm sorry, but I can't give that to you right now. And I said, yes, like I, I did want more. Like, I'm glad we're having this conversation, you know, and as the recipient of that news, it was like, 
I could have gotten offended. I could have gotten like mad, but I didn't. I knew like I wanted to remain respectful to each other and friends and we're still friends to this day. We just don't, our relationship changed after that, but it was a good place to have that line of communication where she said, I can't give you what you need. And I said, okay, yeah, like I need, I would like more. So let's, you know, we just got on the same page. It was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that's kind of this on like a larger scale, I would say, but yeah. Well, I think too, like what that does is it frees you up to be like, okay, who is like, she can't be that person in my life. So it's making space for somebody else to kind of not like take her place, but play that role. Yeah, for sure. And then it like frees us up from expectations for, for probably being disappointed with totally. somebody who chronically can't deliver what we're asking. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, like- and like, as my best friend, like when I did something, I wanted it to include her. And like now after that conversation, I, because before that conversation, I was inviting her knowing that she was going to say no. And she was probably saying no, feeling bad. And it just freed that all up. So then I no longer felt like I was not obligated, but I I never, I didn't feel like I had to invite her anymore or I stopped inviting her and I didn't feel any, feel bad about it. I didn't feel, you know, like it was just this, it just, it just freed up everyone in the room, you know? Yeah. I like that. And I think that like, sometimes we don't think about that. Like we don't think about what it can do for us to be like, we probably think about the vulnerability aspect where like, Oh, that feels hard to say how I really am rather than knowing that it's actually going to be better for our mental health to allow people in, Yeah, you know, like the strength, the way we perceive that. Yeah. So I love that. I think it's a great practice. I'm going to practice it tonight when Seth gets home, actually. Um, Because I like, I really want, we had some cabinets delivered and I really like, I have big plans for Seth tonight. I want him moving these cabinets. I want him doing all these things and I better check in with him first. Cause if he's at a 10%, it's probably not the right time for me to ask him to move this can read, redesign our kitchen, you know, <laughs> I have big plans for him tonight. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. The check-in might come in clutch today. Yeah, for sure. It's a great, it's a, it's the perfect time to do it every single day. Like, you know, and, and not, and not like, you know, I think once you've gotten to the routine of it, it would just be like, it doesn't have to be like, tell me what percentage you are. It doesn't have to be like that black and white, but you would just be able to start to feel each other out a little bit better. And, you know, yeah. Even in saying like, how, yeah, I, I think just simple stuff of like even dinner, like some days I'm like, I don't have it in me to think of yes. dinner. Like, what are we going to order? Um, what the just dumb stuff like that. So it's yeah. not, it's just like, I already put out there, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so either yeah. you come up with something or we can figure it out. Um, just everyday like duties that you have to do when you're in some sort of marriage, um, yeah. relationship or friendship. Or yeah anything or friendship yep um cool we don't really have that much more to add but check-ins oh and I guess that rolls into we talked about maybe maybe this is a different conversation at some point we could go into it more but about accountability 
and how um, I think like when we allow people in, we allow them to like check us too. And so if we're opening ourselves up to say, hey, I'm not feeling that great this week, then that person can then check in later and be like, how are you feeling? You know, are you doing any better? And like, just kind of being there because you already let them in. Yeah. Um, And then not that they need to be like, okay, it's time to like get up now. Like you've been, (laughs) you've been down for too long. Yeah. I don't think it's that, but I think it's just nice to have people in your corner that know what's going on sometimes. And it doesn't, that does bring up an interesting point because if you check in with a friend or you check in with your spouse and every single day they say, I'm not doing good. I'm at a 10%. Like if that becomes a pattern, then it is, you know, an opportunity to have a bigger discussion about like, what do we need to change in our lives or in our friendships or in our whatever? Because you can't, that's not sustainable for you to always be at a 10%. Like, Uh, you know, and so that brings up a, you know, bigger thing. And um, I don't know, obviously we have a huge mental health problem in our culture and I'm not saying by any means that that's the fix for that, but I do think the small conversations could make a big impact over time, you know? Well, that, yeah, that's true. I, I wasn't really thinking about it from that perspective, but I like that. Like if it's a continuous thing, maybe it's time to switch some things up or get professional, you know, help or, um, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's to think about Good here? Thought. Mm-hmm. Thought. All right. Well, I think, you know, try it out, everyone. Let us know how it goes, what you think, if it works, if it doesn't work. And um, yeah, it's the perfect time. Check in. Okay. Well, can't wait to do it in a little bit with my children. Yeah. Go, go pick up those babies. See how they're feeling. <laughs> All right. Well, toodaloo. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.